Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and I pray the Holy Spirit will bless the reading and the preaching of the word of God to our hearts. And Father, help us to apply these truths to our lives and our families and our homes, God, and especially to our children. And God, help us tonight in this time, and we, we give this service over to you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. One passage of scripture in, in Psalm 127, verse 3, is what I'm going to look at. <clears throat> Uh, fact, I, I, I'm going to read, well, i start at verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city of the watchmen waked but in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are ch children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Tonight I'm going to speak to uh, you that are here on, on the subject of raising our children God's way. Raising our children God's way. As I look around the auditorium tonight, as Pastor mentioned earlier, I see a lot of children. Now I understand that there are some of us here that who don't have children who are in the child rearing years, but yet there are many of us who do. And so tonight, I hope that we'll listen. I hope we'll listen to what the Bible says about raising our children God's way. It is so important. Now listen to me. It is so important that we bring our children up the way God says to bring them up. There's a worldly philosophy about raising children, and, and, and if we're not careful as God's people, we won't look at what God says in the Bible, and we'll take that worldly philosophy and that worldly doctrine. We'll raise our children that way, and the product is going to be what the world has. Now, you look at what the world has, and you look at the children whose lives are all messed up, man, you see them all on the streets, don't you? Amen. You see them on the streets, man, their lives wasted. You see them in the prison houses, their lives wasted. You, you go to any jail, any prison, and you look at that hardened criminal. Now listen to me tonight. You look at that, 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 that young man that's on death row. You look at that man, maybe 50, 60 years old, who, who, who the rest of his life is, is, is ruined because he's, he's in prison, maybe killed somebody, maybe robbed somebody, or, or, you know, or something like that. And, and, and listen, don't ever forget that that, that man or that woman was at, at one time somebody's little girl or somebody's little boy. That person didn't all of a sudden become that. See? You look at that young person. Man, they're a young man or young woman now. But wait a minute. They were raised in a home where, where the parents went to a good church like this every Sunday. They were raised in a home where the parents read the Bible every, uh, every day. And they did all of those things. And yet you look at them now and they don't even want to see a church. You look at them now and they're living uh, uh, out of wedlock and, and their lives are all foul up. I'm talking about young people that came from Christian homes. I'm talking about uh, people whose daddy was a preacher, whose mom and daddy were saved, and now they don't want to even serve God. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. Now listen, if nothing else gets our attention, that subject right there ought to get all of our attention, especially those of us that have children that we're still rearing, that we're still raising, you see. And, and God says that, that we need to raise them his way. 
Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's the Bible. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what anybody else says. God says, train him up in the way he should go. And when he's old, when he's an old man, when he's a, a man on his own, living on his own, he will continue in those things that you've trained him up in. God said that, you see. And I think it's so sad that, that so many of us as Christians, man, uh, again, we're raising our children with, with that worldly philosophy. You know, uh, boy, you know, you look at the, 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 the average kid on these kid uh, TV programs. What are they? Or you sit there and laugh, but you think about it. They smart mouth their, their, their mom. Uh, their, you know, their dad has no authority in the home. He's an idiot in most cases. He's, he's a goofball. And the kids smart mouth, they, 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 they're immoral, they do all kinds of things. And, 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 and some of you sit there and laugh at that kind of junk. I want to tell you something, a kid that grows up that way is headed for ruin. See, a kid that grows up disrespecting, dishonoring mom and dad, disrespecting, disregarding authority is headed for ruin. Some of your children are patterning their lives after those TV characters. And that's sad, especially for Christians, especially for people who've been born again. God has given us a way to raise our children, and we need to raise them God's way. Now, there's some, some things we need to realize. Notice what the Bible says in verse number three. Low children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. The first thing that, that we need to understand, especially as parents and even grandparents, because, you know, this, this, this philosophy of, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the grandparent. I can spoil them and send them home. No, you ought not spoil them either. Why would you want to spoil your, your, your grandchildren and make them rotten? Now think, amen, think about that. Why would you want to spoil them and ruin their lives? God says in verse 3 that children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And so the first thing that, that, that we need to realize is that our children belong to God and God has allowed us the privilege to raise them for him. These children are our children. Those grandchildren are not yours in the sense of a possession. They're God's possession. Now listen to me, they're God's possession and God has, has given us the honor and the privilege to raise them for him. Amen. Amen. We're not raising our children for us, we're raising them for God. And boy, that sheds a whole new light on me. Boy, boy she sits there and holds that cute little baby. Come on now. And you, you look at these little kids and stuff around here. But don't ever forget, every one of these kids has a potential to be a murderer. Every one of these kids has a potential to be an adulterer. Every one of these kids has a, has a potential to be a thief and a liar and everything else. Why? Because they're born with a sin nature. Now, some of you don't believe that. At least you don't act like you believe it. But isn't it interesting? You don't have to teach a kid to lie. Huh? Y'all never had to teach your kids to lie. You don't have to teach, teach a kid to be selfish. You don't have to teach a kid to steal. You don't have to teach a kid anything that's wrong. Amen. Why? Because it is a natural uh, uh, outgrowth of that sin nature. 
Nobody had to sit me down and say, now this is how you lie. This is the correct way to be sneaky. This is the right way to steal. Nobody ever had to teach me how to be selfish. It, it was part of my corrupt nature that I was born with. And it was a part of yours too, mom and dad. And, and don't think for a moment that it's not a part of those children. I don't care how sweet they are. I don't care how loving they are. I don't care how cute they are. If we don't bring them up the right way, they're going to go the wrong way. Amen. Oh, man, God says, listen, the Bible teaches us that these children belong to God. Boy, we need to get that understanding. You look at those kids sometimes, and you think as you look at them, that's God's boy, that's God's girl, that, 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 that person is someone that God has given me the privilege to raise up for him. Man, man what an awesome responsibility. We, now, now get this, we then are stewards over God's possession. A steward is someone who takes a, a, a care of something that belongs to somebody else. Some of us are more careful with, with, with some valuable thing we borrow from somebody than we are with that precious life that God has given us to raise for him. Huh? We are stewards, you see. God has given us an awesome responsibility to raise these kids for him. And realize, follow me, that one day that boy is going to be, I was thinking about the other day, one, one day this boy is going to be some, somebody's daddy. One day he's going to be standing there, a grown man, somebody's a husband, some, some, some kid's daddy. What an awesome responsibility I have to raise this boy up and these girls up right for God because they are gods. Huh? And, and so then that means that we're faithful, uh, that, that, that we're stewards. And so then as stewards, the Bible teaches us that we, that we must be faithful. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And there's a lot of things that, 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 that you could hear preached that would maybe be a lot more exciting but there ain't anything that you could hear preached as, as far as, the, you know, just in a practical way that would be more helpful to you in your life, especially you that are, that are raising children. First Corinthians chapter four and verse one says that a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it, it is required of stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful. God says, man, be faithful over your stewardship. And those children are a stewardship that we better be faithful over. See? You can't, boy, you can't be inconsistent about this thing. You can't be on it today and off it tomorrow. Man, it demands faithfulness day after day after day after day. To stay on it and stay on top of it, you see? Faithfulness in raising these children for God. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Oh, man, if we are faithful in, in bringing these children up for God, if we are faithful in, in tending to the details in their lives, friend, we will abound with blessings. Those children will grow up and be a blessing to us. You go to some mom or some dad, and I'll get into it a little later, who didn't do the job, who didn't take care of their children, their children grow up and spit in their face. The children grow up and, and hate them. The children grow up and, and beat them up sometime and rob them and treat them like trash. Huh? You say, how does that happen? Well, 
It's parents' fault. It's the way they, that's the way they brought him up. See, that's the way they brought him up, friend. And we are stewards over God's children. And, and so we, it, it is required of us that we be faithful. Now, follow me. Just like in everything else that we're stewards with, we're to be faithful. Then, then we have to also understand that, that we will also give an account to God as to how we bring these children up. I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to answer to God as to how I, I, I brought these kids up. And you're going to answer to God. Oh, children are cute. Children are wonderful and all of that. But don't you ever forget, you're going to answer to God for how you bring these children up. And you better think about what you allow and don't allow. You better think about uh, whether or not you, you, you know, you go along with this and go, don't go along with that. You're going to answer to God one day. As sure as you live, you're going to stand before God and you're going to answer to God for it. Because it is a stewardship that we must be faithful with. Second Corinthians, we know about Second Corinthians chapter 5, turn to it. Talks about the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I'm talking specifically about bringing up our children and the responsibility that we have there. But it applies to everything, everything in, 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 in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, no, for, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from, which is from heaven. And, and then uh, you go down to verse 10. He says, for we. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us Christians, we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ one day that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that, it, that he had done, whether it be good or bad. We're going to give an account at the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. See? It's more to it than just feeding them. It's more to it than just, boy, man, I see some parents, they think they're being good parents because they buy a bunch of expensive clothes and they're five or ten-year-old kids walking around with Air Jordans on or some uh, uh, a Georgetown jacket on, some starter jacket, and they think that's being a good parent. I want to tell you something, friend. You haven't even started being a good parent if you think that that's what being a good parent is. It's not the stuff you give them. It's, the, it's what you put in them that's going to make the difference in their lives. And I see kids walking around with more expensive clothes than I ever can afford. They have, don't have one ounce of character. Don't have one ounce of responsibility. Not one ounce of, of, of respect for authority have never in their lives said yes sir or no sir or yes ma'am or no ma'am, have never in their lives understood what it is to, to work and, 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 and to earn and to achieve, you see. It's the parents' fault because we didn't raise them to be that way, see. Huh? Oh, we're going to give account to God. You go ahead and raise them. You know, you get some of these uh, uh, modern uh, books on, on how to raise kids and, and you raise them that, that, that worldly, silly way. And, 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 and boy, <laughs> you're going to answer to God one day. You're going to give an account to God for how you raise that child. You see, and so the first thing is that we need to realize that our children belong to God and that he has allowed us the privilege of raising them 
for him, you see. Second thing that, that we need to understand is that the responsibility for raising these children is, is, is equally shared by both mom and dad. Now listen to me tonight. It is just as much my wife's responsibility with, this, with, with these children. She's going to give as much an account to God as I will. Sometimes I think moms have the idea that, well, you know, their dad's you know, tough on them, but, so I'll, I'll just let them slide, you know. No, mom, I'll tell you, God's going to hold you just as accountable for, for, for the rearing of these children as, as, as he does uh, the father. Now, listen, the fathers do have a, a tremendous responsibility to lead that home and to, and to make sure the thing goes right. And, and boy, oh, boy, what we need is, is more than anything is dads that will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But moms, don't you think that, 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 that you can just let things slide when he's not around, you see, God holds the, the mother and the father responsible for the rearing of the children. Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, not just dad, your parents, you see, you give your mother as much respect as you give your daddy. Your, your parents in the Lord, why? For this is right. And God says to the Father to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know what the nurture of the Lord is? The nurture of the Lord means that you discipline them. You discipline them, you see? And, 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 and I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but we don't discipline our children nearly enough. We really don't. We let them get by with stuff. We let them slide by with stuff and all this kind of stuff, friend. And God says we better bring them up in the nurture of the Lord. We better learn to discipline them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Huh? Had a bunch of undisciplined kids running around <laughs> like maniacs. <laughs> and listen, some of them are right in the church. It's amazing you see the kids running around, uh, uh, bumping into folks, knocking stuff over like a bunch of little wild animals. You say, what's the problem? Those kids have not been disciplined. Come on now. Huh? Your kid don't have to run around like a wild animal. You know how you stop them from, from running around like a wild animal? You discipline them. You take them in hand, friend. They cut up on you, then you cut up on them. And they learn real quick. It is not just talk, amen. This I'm going to get you stuff, don't, don't cut it. See? This, this, this just threatening, these empty threats, just don't cut it. God says bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You discipline them and, and, and admonish them. What is an admonishment? It's a warning. Yes, you talk to them. You warn them, son, daughter, you need to do right. If you don't do right, this is what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. This is how your life's going to turn out. This is the judgment of God. This is what's going to happen. But listen, you don't just stop there. Then you take them in hand and you discipline that kid. Come on now. I'll guarantee you that out of all the, the you, you go into prison and you just take a survey. You go into drug houses and you take a survey. And I'll guarantee you, you will rarely find a kid. I, and, and I, I would dare to say probably never a kid who was properly disciplined, properly nurtured and, and, and admonishing the Lord. You won't find them there. You won't find them there. See? Nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, God says that's to fathers. Look, 
Look at uh, a, a, a couple of passages here concerning mothers. It's interesting. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. We know that, that the father has a tremendous responsibility for bringing up the children. But mom, I want you to see that you also have a tremendous responsibility as well. You can't just let things go. You can't just let things slide by. In Proverbs 31, look at verse 1. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his, what? Mother taught him. Who taught it to him? His mother. His mother. What a tremendous teaching ministry mothers have. Come on now. His mother. Look at Proverbs 29 and verse 15. Proverbs 29 and verse 15. The Bible says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth what? What, what? His mother to what? To shame. Why? Because that mother should have been there to deal with that child. If you've got a rowdy, undisciplined child, mother, it's shame on you. Shame on you. See? Bringing this mother to shame. So, you see, that, that, that shows that the mother has responsibility as well. I'm not saying the mother's got all the responsibility, but I'm saying moms, <laughs> boy, oh boy, don't, don't have the attitude to just let things slide. Huh? Chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1. Verse number 8. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 8. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 8. Look at what the Bible says there. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Well, we, we understand that, but look what it says. And forsake not the law of thy mother. The law of thy mother. How about it, moms? Are you laying down the law? Or are you a soft touch? Forsake not the law of thy mother. Boy, oh boy, if we just had some godly mamas, just some tough mamas, boy, that take some of these kids in hand, we could solve a lot of problems. See? The law of thy mother. Come on now. You say, I'm a single parent. Man, I, boy, my husband left me or something like that. Well, bless God, then you just be doubly hard. You just be doubly tough. See, you just be doubly diligent and doubly faithful and do the best you can, you see, and take that kid in hand and nurture him and discipline that child and bring him up for God. Huh? I tell you, a lot of folks in history who did well because of a godly mother, because of, for one reason or another, dad wasn't around. I'm not saying it's the best situation, but I'm saying don't use that as, as an excuse to say, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I guess I can't do it. No, you're just going to have to pray more and work harder at it. See, God will help you. But we need to realize, folks, that these children belong to God and that God has given us the privilege to raise them for him. Secondly, realize that the responsibility is shared by both mom and dad. A dad, bring them up in the nurture and happiness of the Lord. Mothers, teach them, discipline them, and, and work with them, you see. And then thirdly, 
realize that the Bible teaches us exactly how to do it. Boy, oh, uh, Mr. Spock came out years ago with his little book about raising children and saying, you, you, you know, you don't spank them. It, it hurts their creativity and all that kind of stuff. Huh? Well, I guess it does. They can't create, you know, they won't create as much evil if you spank them. Amen. It hurts their creativity. Yeah. I want to tell you something, friend. I look on it. I, I look back on my life now. I didn't get half the whippings I should have got. Amen. Amen. And, and I didn't enjoy one of them, but I didn't get half of what I needed. That's the truth. I didn't get a fourth of what I needed, friend. Huh? An average kid, I want to tell you something, the average kid only gets whipped or spanked when, when mom or dad is just so frustrated, then they, then they do something. They're not doing it for the kid's sake. They're not doing it in a controlled uh, way where they can discipline the child and correct a, a, a behavioral problem. The average parent is just doing it out of anger and, and frustration. And, 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 and so it's not consistent and it's not helping the child the way it ought to help the child. You see, God tells us how to do it. God says, first of all, that we're to use the rod. In other words, you got to spank your children. Now, I don't care what the welfare says, and, 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 and I don't advise you to go out here in public and start spanking your kids in public. But, man, a good gravy. A gravy. Get, in a, get, get in a home somewhere. Get behind the closed doors, man, and give that kid what he needs. Give him what he needs. Well, he, well, he just needs a good talking to. Well, sometimes they need a good talking to. Most of the time they need a good a spanking to. Amen. Amen. Get you a, get you something, get you a, if they're little bitty babies, get you a little wooden spoon or something, or, or you know, one of those wooden mixing spoons, they get older, get you, get you a piece of oak. Amen. Amen. Huh? Now I got whippings with everything from an extension cord to an iron skillet when I was a kid, and that's wrong. I don't, you don't ever whip a kid with an extension cord. Or anything like that that's going to put cut their skin off. You don't, you don't whip kids with stuff like that. Man, if you're going to whip them with a belt, get a good wide strap. And put it on the place where God meant for it to go. Huh? You think God put all that cushion there just, just for, for a seat? No, he put it there because nothing's going to break. Come on now. Good, good spanking material there. Yeah. A lot of nerves. No bones, just nerves. Huh? God knows what he's doing. Huh? And you do it and you do it consistently and you do it like the Bible says, friend. Consistently. Amen. Amen. And do it where it hurts. Amen. Amen. Huh? Kids got a Six pair of pants on. Huh? And you take your hand and go. And they go. And they psych you out. You've been psyched, man. You've been had. No, no, that ain't that. I'm serious now. No. Because the purpose of discipline is to teach them that wrong behavior brings, you know, uh, punishment. See, they teach them that when they do wrong, then they pay for it. See, 
And when we let them get by, we're sending all the wrong messages to them. We're teaching them that you can sin and get, and get by. We're teaching them that you can do wrong and get by with it. Huh? God says the rod. Now, 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 now let me show you some things in the Bible about spanking the children. Again, do it right. You know, the, the purpose is not to kill the kid. The purpose is to, is to consistently show the kid that there is punishment for doing wrong. And, and the idea is that eventually the kid says, I better do right. This don't feel good. I better do right, you see. And, and, and some are a little slower than others. Huh? Amen. Proverbs chapter 13. Now, let's go through Proverbs and look at this. Proverbs 13 and verse 24. First, first thing that God shows us about spanking or using the rod is that it shows our love for our children. Isn't it strange that the, isn't it something that the world's philosophy is just our What? No, it don't say sport it. Look at the Bible. Well, we, you see, you see, well, we, we, we bought that wood nickel. He that spared the rod spoiled this child. Why don't we get, why don't we believe the Bible? Why don't we read the Bible? Now look in the verse, in verse 24 of Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 13. Now let's read it together. Let's read it right. This is what the Bible says. Let's read it together. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. God says, if 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 I spare in this in this matter of of spanking my child, <laughs> it shows that I don't love my kid. Come on now. God says, but if I love him, if I love her, then I'll spank him when betimes. That means early, friend. I won't wait. I won't fool around. I'll get right to it. Why? Because I love him and I want him to turn out right for God. And if you say you love your daughter, you love your child, friend, then you better get with this business of, of giving them what they need when they need it. Love doesn't, you know, the kind of love that most of us have is, is the kind of love that, that does things for our benefit instead of for the benefit of the person we say we love. Real love does what's best for the person that they say they love, not what's best for them. You're not raising a buddy. You're raising a child for God. Shows that you love them. How much do you love your child? I guess that's the question. How much do you love them? Second thing, it, the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 22 and verse 15 that when we spank them and spank them properly, it will drive foolishness from their hearts. Proverbs 22 and verse number 15. Proverbs chapter 22 in verse number 15, notice what the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Did you get that? Foolishness is bound in their heart. Huh? Now, now, now you parents know that that's true, don't you? And here's a kid, man, you, you talk to that kid, you, you, man, but that kid, there's foolishness is just, just attached to the kid's heart. How do you get it out? 
Sesame Street isn't going to do it. Huh? All the latest psychological techniques isn't going to do it. How do you get that foolishness out of that kid's heart? What's the Bible say? It is foolishness bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. The only way you're going to get that foolishness out, you got to drive it out. It's not going to leave on its own. It's not. So you got 40-year-old men and women still got a heart full of foolishness because it never was driven out of their heart. And they've never dealt with it their own selves and now their lives are basically useless they're irresponsible undisciplined why because that foolishness was never driven out of their hearts see oh man oh man if you love your kid why don't you acknowledge the truth yeah they're cute yeah they're they're fun and all that kind of stuff I got a suspicion we'll have a whole lot more fun with them one day when they're grown and living godly and, 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 and serving God and doing right. I think Pastor Hoover has a whole lot more fun with, 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 um, with um, I mean, Evangelist Hoover has a whole lot more fun with Pastor Hoover now that he's a grown man serving God, living for God, raising his family for God. Huh? Yeah. It drives that foolishness out of their hearts. It's bound in there. There's a third thing. Proverbs 23 and verse 13 and 14. Look at it. Proverbs 23 and verse 13 says, Withhold not correction from the child. Don't hold it back. Don't say, oh, man, I just whipped them yesterday. Well, if they needed it today, give it to them again today. I just got them this morning. Well, if they needed it again this afternoon, then give it to them this afternoon. Withhold not correction from the child. Now again, he's not talking about giving the kid 50 swats. Really, he's not. See? And it don't take that. It just takes a consistency, you see? Wop, wop, wop. But consistency. Consistently, when it's needed, you see? When it's needed. God says... In Proverbs 23, verse 13 and 14, if we do this, that we'll deliver them from hell. They won't go to hell because of it. Look at verse 13. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, get this, he shall not die. I never knew anybody that died from getting a proper spanking. That's not child abuse. Don't listen to this, this world. Don't listen to the welfare. That's not child abuse. But get this, thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. You know, the hardest thing is, is to try to work with somebody to get them saved when they grow up without a sense of punishment for wrongdoing. And you're trying to show them that, that, that sinners die and go to hell and there's a punishment for sin and all of this. And, and they grow up without that sense of, 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 of punishment and, and, and all of this. And, and it is so hard to get them to really understand about hell and, and eternal punishment. And God says, friend, that, 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 that when we apply proper discipline to their lives, God says they'll get saved. It, it won't be that hard at all for them to get saved. Hey, listen, you think it's a strange thing that, that usually 
kids in, in Christian homes that practice this and, and, and live for God, that normally those kids get saved at very, very early ages. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's the gospel and the word of God. But it's also this business of, man, that, that kid has done wrong, got spanked. That kid's got wrong, got scolded. That kid's done wrong. That kid understands at a very early age that there's a punishment involved for doing wrong. And when that kid hears about hell, man, that, that makes sense to them. That, 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 that's not a strange thing at all for a kid like that. Huh? Thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. I think there's a lot of folks in hell today because they were not raised properly by their parents. Proverbs 29 and verse 15 teaches us that proper discipline and the use of the rod will produce wisdom in their lives. Wisdom in their lives. Look at Proverbs 29 and verse 15. I read it earlier, but I want to emphasize the first part of it. It says, the rod and the reproof give wisdom. The rod and the reproof. How's a child going to get wisdom when we spank them like they need to be spanked? Because the kid isn't just going to listen, just talking to them. And I'll get to that in a minute. Huh? There's a different language that kids understand. See? And, 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 and you, you say, but my kid's different. No, your kid's just like my kid. Yeah, they are. But you don't understand, my kid's smart. Yeah, they, I guess they are. They got you fooled. <laughs> got you psyched out. But, but you don't understand, my kid is hyperactive. Yeah, my kids get hyperactive too. I, get, I just get a little bit more hyper. <laughs> it's amazing how kids calm down when you get a little bit more hyper than they are. See, you just got to out-hype them. <laughs> That's all. That's right. Hyperactive. It's just amazing, isn't it? They got all these kids on drugs now. What are these kids going to be? Man, oh man, oh man. What are they going to be 10 or 15 years from now? They got them on drugs now to, to control their behavior. Because the teachers don't want to have to deal with it because the parents haven't dealt with it. Now think about it. Here's a kid hadn't been disciplined at home. He's a maniac. And he goes to school and stop don't mean anything. Sit down don't mean anything. You're going to get it don't mean anything. You're going to get expelled. You're going to principal. Don't mean nothing. The kid's a maniac. And what do they do? They pump him up full of drugs. Now, and, and there's so many kids, maybe some of your kids in here, they, they're on that red line. I want to tell you something. If, 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 if they've got your kids on red line, I want to tell you something. You ought to hang your head in shame. And you ought to say, God, help me. You ought to say, God, have mercy on me. Because you have neglected your child and you've not loved your child enough to discipline them so they would do right and stop when they're told to stop and sit when they're told to sit and shut up when they're told to be quiet. Now, I'm not talking about a little baby here now. Good gravy. I'm scared the baby, but that's good. I'd rather the baby here and you guys in here to hear it. So leave the baby in here. Don't, don't worry about the baby. That baby's just saying amen, that's all. I mean, you sorry rascals won't say amen. That baby's getting happy, amen. amen. That's right. Oh, man. Huh? The rod, friend, will, will produce wisdom in their lives. Now, it don't happen overnight. 
And there's areas in our kids' lives that we're still working on, friend. We're not done with them yet. I, I look at our kids, and boy, I, as I preach this, I think, man, you still got a lot of work to do. And I do. They're not perfect by a long shot. But one thing I know, friend, that I'm I, that that if we don't raise these kids right for God, I'm going to die trying. Amen. I'm just going to die trying, friend. For I let these kids grow up to be fools. And not live for God. I'd just soon be dead. Because I wouldn't be worth anything. See. I wouldn't be worth anything. These kids didn't turn out right. And live for God. You see. Oh man. We need to discipline these kids. Proverbs 19 and verse 18 teaches us. That there's a time factor involved. You can't wait around. You can't fool around. You can't waste time, man. You got to get on it and get on it quick and stay on it, you see, and, 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 until the job's done. And, and, and Proverbs 19 and verse 18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy son spare, uh, let not thy soul spare for his crime. Chasten him while there's hope. In other words, you, you can't fool around till the kid gets to be 15, 16, 17 years old. Then all of a sudden you're going to start bearing down on them. Now, man, if you just got saved and, and, and you're just starting to understand some of these things, do the best you can. But I'm saying, man, if you know these things, bless God, get to work. Do it while there's hope. Do it while they're moldable. Do it while you can influence them. Do it while you got a chance to do something in their lives. Sad, sad to see people who get saved late in life and man, they, they've had kids and lived most of their lives with the kids and then they were lost and the kids have seen them do all kinds of things and, and the wrong things and then they get saved and they get in a good church and they want to raise their kids right and, and boy, it's sad to see some of the kids that, that rebel. But you can understand, and man, my heart goes out. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but, but you can understand it. But man, some of us, man, we got little kids. We got kids that are still moldable. We got kids that we can still work with, you see. Oh, man, we need to get on. Chasing thy son while there. So don't let thy soul spread for his crime. Every, everybody in here, everybody here, unless you're just dead, something touches your heart when that baby starts crying. It's a natural thing, man. That baby's crying. Wow! Oh, that baby. Yeah. But I want to tell you something, friend. That, that, that kid's... One and two years old and they're knocking over stuff and you can't put anything down. You say stop and they don't stop. And you say no and they have a fit. And you go, oh, you're sinning against that kid. No, 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 no. Don't, don't let your soul spread. Man, kids will psych you out with crying. Don't you know that? Kids will psych you out with that stuff. Come on now. They'll psych you out. They'll make a fool out of you. And I see kids in the grocery store. You've seen it. And it's sickening, isn't it? No, Johnny, you can't have that candy bar. Ah, I want that candy bar. Ah! Man. Oh, well, there's a, what? there in the time when I see that, that I don't want to take that parrot in my hand and smack him around. <laughs> Not Johnny. Not Johnny.
Because it's sad, isn't it? It is sad. Huh? Do it while there's hope. That's the rod. God also mentions the reproof. I, I, I did that. I mentioned that. Look at Proverbs chapter 29. It's interesting. There's only one verse in Proverbs about the reproof. A lot of verses about the rod. One verse about the reproof. Look at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 15. The rod and the reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringing his mother to shame. Now, what is God saying? Talk to the child. Talk to the child. Teach the child. Listen to me now. Teach the child. Teach the child. Teach the child. But listen, I've read one, two, three, four, five, six verses on the rod, and there's one verse in Proverbs on the reproof. Now, what does that mean? Boy, we ought to be doing a whole lot of spanking as well. Come on now. Yes, we talk to them, but talk alone is not enough. Did you hear me? Oh, Eli, the, 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 the priest, listen up now. Eli, the priest, has got two boys. And, and, and they grow up and he doesn't raise them right. And they're wicked and they're fornicators and they're filthy. And all he does is goes to them, go to them and say, now, now, boys, you ought not do that. And God judged Eli's house and judged his boys. They were both killed in one day and Eli too. Because all he did was he, all, he just talked. Talk, talk, talk. Come on, parents. Think back when you were a kid. Talk is good, but just talk, 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 don't get it. You talk and you spank. You talk and you back up the talk with spank. Amen. Amen. One more time and you're going to get it. Amen. I said one more time. Amen. I said one more time. Amen. Now that's three right there. Now, 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 who are you fooling? You ain't fooling Johnny, because Johnny knows. Johnny's already got it set. He knows the first time he ain't going to get it. He knows the second time he ain't going to get it. He knows the third time he ain't going to get it. And he probably knows the fourth time he ain't going to get it. He knows when, he, when he's going to get it. And he's working you. He really is. And you think you're doing something. No, you're just te teaching to be a little slick talker, a little conniver. That's all. No, you lay the law down. This is what you do and this is what you don't do. If, if they do, do it or don't, there's no one, one more time. No, that time. That time. Come on now. They don't go out here and, 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 uh, and, uh, and rob a bank and the judge says, all right, one more time. Huh? They don't go out here and mug some woman coming down the street and, and, and the judge says, all right, you, you, mug, you, you mug one more person and we'll get you. Sad, sadly, it seems like our court system is about that way. And that's sad. See? It's three times and you're out business. No, one time and you're out. Oh, come on now. That take care of it. Come on, now they catch a guy dealing drugs. He's out, amen. One more time. Now we catch you one more time dealing them drugs. Yeah, two more times. Three more times. Come on now. No. The rod and the reproof. We do need to 
<laughs> my grandmother, man, she would whip and talk at the same I told you not to do that. That was her riding reproof. <laughs> Didn't I tell you not to do She whooped it. She's tired of talking, man. I'm telling you, man, I, I had some whippings, boy. My oldest brother, man, he, he was the expert. He would pray. And he wasn't even saved. None of us were. Oh, God! Oh! He'd crawl under the bed. He'd be crying, calling on God and everybody else. Hard to get that strap under the bed, you know. They'd be worn out, man, trying to get to that rascal. Huh? And another brother would do an Indian dance, man. He'd go, oh, Ten of us. Everybody, everybody got to take a whoop in a different way. I'm going to tell you about me. You know, that's, that's personal, you know. I just took it like a man. I, I had another brother. I had another brother. He was a gangster. You know, he's a gangster. You know, I ain't going to cry. I ain't going to cry. I ain't going to cry. He wouldn't. He was tough, man. My stepfather, we got so mad, and one day threw him out the window. <laughs> You say that's wrong. That was wrong, but it good funny story now, but then yeah. <laughs> he was tough, man. Man, oh man. Now listen, folks. You know and I know there ain't never been a kid that's raised right that didn't get spanked and disciplined and talked to and worked on and worked on and worked on. Huh? We need to realize that the Bible teaches us how to do it, the rod and the reproof. And there's one last thing, and I'm done. Realize that our fathers, and this is to mom and dads, and even grandparents to an extent, that our happiness or sorrow in the future is directly related to how we raise our children. Now, you think about that. Our happiness or sorrow in the future is directly related to how we raise our children. Huh? Let's look at a few passages of scripture before I'm, before I'm done. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. Get this. A wise son maketh a what kind of father? No, read it, read it. Is it in the Bible? I don't want you to guess. Look at it. Proverbs 10 and verse 1. The, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh what kind of a father? Glad father. You want to be a glad father? Man, you want to be a father whose chest is stuck out with, with, with the right kind of pride, man, of his children. You're glad? Then you better, you better raise a child with wisdom, you see. You raise that child to do what's right. And God said that they'll make you glad. Look at Proverbs chapter uh, uh, 23, Proverbs 23, verses 24 and verse 25. Uh, boy, I tell you what, my kids hate whenever my pastor at home gets to preaching on, on the family and the kids and stuff. Boy, they hate that because they know when they get home, boy, oh, man, they're going to get it. They know they're going to get it. I'll find something to get them with, you know. Truth, they don't have to look far because, yeah. <laughs> You don't have to look far. You really don't. Proverbs 23, verse 24 and verse 25. The father of a righteous, 
of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Huh? Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Huh? That tremendous joy and gladness when you raise a, a kid for God and they serve God and they live for God. Tremendous joy. Tremendous gladness. Huh? Proverbs 17, verse 21. Just a couple of more. Proverbs 17 and verse number 21. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. Hmm? Oh, he can have money, he can have position, he can uh, be a success in his business and all that. But if he raised a fool, God says he'll have no joy, no joy. In verse 25 of that same chapter, a foolish son is grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Uh, Grief to his father, bitterness to her that bear him. You see... Now listen to me. We ought to serve God. Now I'm talking to us who are adults. Moms and dads, you who are in this room tonight, listen to me. And I'm, I, and I'm just about through. But listen now. We ought to serve God. I mean, we ought to be at church whenever the doors are open. We ought to be faithful. We ought to be serving God. We ought to, man, we ought to be consistent. We ought to be living separated lives. We ought to be living the kind of lives that honor the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to serve God. But listen to me, parents. If all we do is serve God ourselves and don't bring our children up so that they too will serve God, then we failed. Then we failed, you see. My responsibility is not just uh, for me and my wife to serve God. God expects us to raise these children so that one day they will serve God. And then they will raise godly children who will serve God. And they will raise godly children generation after generation that will serve God. And live for God and be gods and be used of God. That's God's will for every one of us. Some of us will never raise our children to be godly because some of us aren't even living godly. Some of us aren't even living like we ought to live. Some of us aren't even doing what we ought to do. That, that, that old thing of do what I say and not what I do, uh, friend, that, that never works. So I'm going to tell you to do right now. I'm not doing it, but, but I want to, that never works. Because they're going to follow in our steps. And we better make sure our steps are right. We better make sure we're doing what's right. We better make sure we're living for God. We better make sure that, friend, we, we keep a check on our lives and make sure that our lives are what they ought to be. Because you got a witness all the, all the time with you. Listen to me. You ever notice how you can pick up on your kids' spirit, their attitude? You parents? Huh? Sometimes you can tell something's wrong. They don't have to say a word. And you know something's out of whack. You know something isn't right. You know something's amiss. Well, guess what? They can pick up on our spirit, too. You don't think about that, do you? And they have discernment, too. Huh? 
We better make sure we're right with God. Jesus said, to get the beam out of your eye, then you can see it clearly to get the moat out of your brother's eye. And you know what that says to me as a parent? I better make sure that I get my life right with God. And then I'll see clearly to deal with the problems of my children. I, 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 I'll see clearly to be able to help them in the areas that they need to be helped in. Some of us, you know, we're sitting there thinking, yeah, that's right, I'm going I'm to take care of my kid. And you got a big old beam in your eye that you won't deal with. It's called sin. And you won't deal with it. You'll never raise them for God. Mark it down. You'll never raise them for God. And you're going to raise a kid. You, when you live like that, you're going to raise a kid that's going to hate God and hate the church and hate the things of God. Why don't we get serious, parents? Why don't we just get serious and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to be what I'm supposed to be. And then I'm going to deal with my child. And get involved in their lives and make sure that they are what they ought to be for God. Let's bow our heads. I don't know of anything in this world that, ought to, that, that will bring more conviction in our lives than, than what we just said. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now as in thy presence, humbly. I bow. Let's sing on the second stanza. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now. As in thy presence, humbly I bow, as in thy presence.